You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The church is also a home where we learn how to be, everybody say it out loud, more like Jesus. Say it again, more like Jesus. So this first interracial church in Antioch is exactly what Jesus intended it to be. Men, women, Jews, Gentiles, rich, poor, Republicans, Democrats, whatever, united in Jesus Christ as the Savior. What is the goal for the church body? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dion, he explains to you that the priority of the church body is to be more like Jesus, to have a body of believers united in becoming like Jesus, serving Jesus, and worshiping Jesus. Pastor Dion encourages you that this is also the goal of every follower of Jesus Christ. The word Christians originally meant little Christs. How can you take the opportunity that you have on this earth to become more like Jesus? Would anyone know that you follow him? Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 12 as he begins his message, Jailbreak. In Acts chapter 12, where we're at, it's been six years. Everybody say six years. Six years since Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead at this point. So for over six years after Jesus resurrected, Jesus' apostles at this point were hunkered down in Jerusalem preaching Jesus. So Jesus resurrected from the dead. And for six years, said again, how long? Six years. That's a long time. For six years, the apostles have been hunkered down in Jerusalem preaching Jesus as Savior and salvation, even though Jesus had instructed them to take the good news to everyone, everywhere. He had told them to take it to the the gospel to the ends of the earth, to take the good news all the way to everyone, everywhere. Uh, Jesus had said that. But for over six years, they've been hunkered down in Jerusalem just preaching to Jews only. Look at your neighbor and say, to Jews only. Jesus said, take it everywhere and preach it to everyone. Can everybody say that word? What? Everyone. Meaning Jews and non-Jews. But for six and over six years, the apostles have only been preaching in Jerusalem and only to Jews. Then finally, Peter stepped out of his comfort zone and carried the message of salvation outside of Jerusalem. And everybody should say, Alfin. Look, look, look at your name and say that. And, 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 and if you're you know, bilingually challenged, just say, about time. Everybody say, about time, Peter. Now, God instructed Peter on this incident. God instructed Peter to take the message of salvation to a Roman centurion and his family. They were Gentiles. And everybody say, all right, so Jesus had told them before he, resurrect, before he resurrected from the dead, and even after, take this message to everyone everywhere. But Peter and the guys were sitting on it in Jerusalem for over six years. Finally, Peter decides he's going to step out, and Jesus tells him, or God tells him, I want you to carry the gospel to a Roman family 
living in a Roman city. And everybody say, oh. I mean, because that's what a Jewish boy would feel like, taking the message to the Gentiles. You know what I'm saying? Peter was probably as uncomfortable with it as a Mormon missionary at a cannabis dispensary. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, he kept his hands in his pockets and wouldn't make eye contact with anybody. Just, you know, just, just as he's walking into Cornelius' house, this Roman centurion. But out of obedience to Jesus, Peter shared the gospel with these people. And he told them about salvation in Jesus. And they believed. Everybody say it out loud. They believed. And almost say it like with a little bit of surprise. They believed. I mean, and even before Peter could finish his sermon, the Holy Spirit descended on all of those Gentiles and filled them with the Holy Spirit. The message was loud and clear that God wants to save Gentiles and fill them with the Holy Spirit too. And that's a good place to shout. And you guys just kind of missed it, but that's okay. Because that's exciting. Now, after Peter preached that, after that happened there in um, Caesarea, the message that, of what had happened in uh, Peter in Caesarea with the Gentiles reached some believing Jews who were living in the Gentile city of Antioch or Syria. I've got the map up here on the screen and want you to see where Jerusalem is right here. For over six years, the apostles were sitting on the message. Finally, Peter's instructed to take the message outside of Jerusalem to a Gentile home in Caesarea, and God does something amazing and saves Gentiles there. Well, all the way over here in Antioch, there were some believing Jews who had been saved in Jerusalem and had, trans, had, had migrated over to Antioch. They heard that, you know, God was saving Gentiles, these Jewish believers. And so here's what they did. They decided to share the gospel of Jesus with their Gentile neighbors and friends and acquaintances. Because, hey, listen, if it's something happened down there, certainly something might happen up here. And so they started sharing. The Jewish believers in Antioch, they, they shared the gospel with them and a spiritual awakening, or we call it a revival happened. Everybody said a what? A revival happened up there in Antioch. Just like it did in Caesarea, it started happening in Antioch. Gentiles began believing, being born again. Look at your neighbor and say, this is so exciting, right? And at, in Antioch, as these people were, these Gentiles were being born again, were re receiving the gospel message and being saved, the very first interracial church began. Everybody say the first church. The very first. Now the one in Jerusalem, the church that started all this was Jewish. It was a Christian church, but it was all Jewish. Now the message that Jesus had, just like he asked, has reached all people, the Gentiles as well. And so this is the first interracial church, Jews and Gentiles in Antioch. It was a, not a Catholic church, not a Protestant church. It was a Christian church. Everybody said out loud a what? A Christian church. Now guys, Jesus designed the church to be a family of believers in Jesus. That's what he designed it to be. A family of believers in Jesus. Men and women, Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, 
Republicans and Democrats, yeah, united in the belief that Jesus is the Son of God and only Savior. Guys, that's, that's the message. That's what he created the church to be. And I might add that the church is a lot like fudge, mostly sweet, but with a few nuts. Look at, look at your neighbor and, and look, he's probably talking about you. But, but here's what we can say. We're, we're familia. Look at your neighbor and tell him, familia. So I can say, salut, familia, right? Not only is the church a family, but the church is also a home where we learn how to be, everybody say it out loud, more like Jesus. Say it again, more like Jesus. So this first interracial church in Antioch is exactly what Jesus intended it to be. Men, women, Jews, Gentiles, rich, poor, Republicans, Democrats, whatever, united in Jesus Christ as the Savior and only salvation. Amen? And and then the church is not just that, but the church is also a home where we can learn how to be more like Jesus. You see, home and family is where the greatest amount of morals, ethics, values, politics, and ideology are developed and adopted. Right? Most of our... Ethics and morals and politics and ideology is developed and adopted at home. See, when we say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, it's because it's a product of the tree, right? Look at your neighbor and say, right? So along, guys, along with all those physical features that you picked up from your parents, you know, your height, your hair, your henyo, you know, oh yeah, You are your parents' kid. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. Oh yeah, you are. Along with all those things, along with that face, you also picked up their attitudes, their values, and their vices. A lot of who we are comes from the tree we grew on. Making us either passion fruit or dragon fruit. Huh? Well, Jesus wants his family to be just like him. All right? And so Jesus designed the church to be a place of development where we could become like him. Jesus appoints leaders within the church whose job it is is to help us grow to be exactly like Jesus. In fact, here's the passage, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Everybody say gifts. All right, so now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be, and everybody say the word, mature in the Lord, everybody, measuring up to be just like Christ. All right, so the church is the place, a home where Jesus designed it for us to be developed so we can become more like Him. 
He has given the church gifts. Those are the leaders, the teachers, the pastor. He has given the church gifts whose responsibility it is is to help you grow and teach you to be more like Jesus. And so guys, that's exactly what God did for that first church in Antioch. You know, it became a family of believers from different backgrounds, different races, different culture. But now they needed to become more like Jesus. So Jesus gave that church some gifts to help them become like Christ. Those gifts were, everybody say their names, Barnabas and Saul. Say it again, what? Barnabas and Saul. Alright, in fact, let's read the passage, chapter 11, verse 25. Here's what it says. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called, everybody, Christians in Antioch. So the first church begins there in Antioch, interracial church, and God or Jesus sends it some gifts so that they can begin to develop to be like Christ. It's these two guys, Barnabas and Saul. Well, Barnabas and Saul taught there in Antioch, they taught these new Gentile believers to focus on Jesus' character on Jesus' attributes, on Jesus' attitudes, and on Jesus' actions. And to mimic Him. In fact, this was their message. Everybody say it out loud. Read it with me. To be like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to live like Jesus. That was these two men's mission and ministry to the church there. It was for them, you know, they were teaching this for people to be like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to live like Jesus. And after a while, we read it, the people around the city of Antioch started to call these people at the church Christians, which meant like Christ or little Christ. Isn't that awesome, guys? Because they began to develop and they began to mature. They began to become more like Christ. They were loving like Christ. They were living like Christ. And other people started calling them Christians. They weren't billboarding themselves. They weren't wearing the t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian. Other people were saying, you are like Christ. That is pretty cool, guys, if, you, if you'd admit it, right? That's our aim. It's our goal. That's our ambition. I mean, that's the reason I'm here. I'm one of the gifts that the Lord has sent to help you grow. To be like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to live like Jesus. Amen? All right. So an amazing revival was happening among the Gentiles in Antioch. But meanwhile, back in Jerusalem. Everybody say, back in Jerusalem. So great things are happening in the church up in Antioch. Though It's exactly the way it should be. But meanwhile, back in Jerusalem, where there's the Jewish church, Herod Agrippa began harassing or persecuting the Jewish church there. So things are going great in Antioch, but back in Jerusalem... Not so much. Let's read Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. 
Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So, back in Jerusalem, this guy Herod is harassing the Jewish church there. Now guys, the Herods were a dynasty of men with a history of violence. Of violence especially towards God. We remember the Herods all over the Bible. First, there was Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the one who slaughtered the babies in Bethlehem trying to get rid of the Christ. It's a history of violence because the next generation is his, Herod the Great son, Antipas. Herod Antipas is the guy who had John the Baptist beheaded and was responsible in part for Jesus' crucifixion. And then now it's the next generation, now in the book of Acts that we just read, Herod Agrippa, who is now persecuting the church. So these guys have a history of violence against God and against the church. The whole point is that this Herod Agrippa now is, is in fact persecuting the church. He had James beheaded. Everybody say, wow. He had James beheaded because this is what the, the way the Jews, Jews would either stone a false prophet or they would behead a false prophet. And so Herod beheaded James, making him, you know, considering him, his sentence was being a false prophet, spreading lies. Because James was a disciple of Jesus. He was spreading the Je- about Jesus' resurrection and salvation in Jesus Christ. He was beheaded for it. So that Herod Agrippa is following in the footsteps of all of his forefathers. Now, if you didn't already know, God has an enemy. His name is Satan. And Satan uses people to make war against God and his word and his family. All right? Satan wants to silence and sideline every one of God's family members. So consequently, you will be targeted. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, us. Look at your neighbor and say, consequently, you will be targeted. In fact, Jesus told us to be prepared for it. So understand this. James was targeted for his belief in Christ. Herod Agrippa had him beheaded, said he was a false prophet. And guys, that's because Satan is the instigator behind it. He will always try to persecute everyone in God's family. Can you say amen? In fact, Jesus, like I said, told us to be prepared for it. Jesus told us in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 8, He said this, Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. So be prepared to face persecution and be prepared to die 
in its wake if necessary, Jesus said. Standing for faith or standing in faith. There's the two things. Sometimes you're standing for the faith and sometimes you're standing in faith and you're going to take on some hits, some persecution. And he said, hey, listen, be prepared for it and be prepared that you might even, it might even take your life. Right? Jesus said that. Now, there's a lot of Christians, not here in our church, of course, but on the CD, on the radio. There are a lot of Christians that protest and argue this. You know, why, well, why God allows persecution at all? There are people who protest and argue why God allowed James to be beheaded. Why does God heal some and not others? Why does God rescue some, but not others? And they criticize and complain about it. But you know who's not complaining in this passage? James! He got beheaded, but he's not complaining. You see, James took cuts in heaven. No more tears, no more pain, no more sickness. No more dieting, no more traffic, no more aging. Can you say amen? James totally bypassed hearing aids, bifocals, overactive bladder, polygrip, arthritis, and colonoscopies. He totally bypassed all that. James is definitely the winner because getting old is not for sissies. Listen. Each of us has our own race to run for God. Each of us has our own job to do for His kingdom. So we should run as hard and fast as we can until our time is up. Until our time is up, we should learn, grow, share, serve, give until our time is up. In fact, that's what Jesus told Peter. Before he ascended, Jesus had encouraged Peter, feed my sheep. You remember it. He said, feed my sheep. Say it. Feed my sheep. And the reason Jesus said it three times and was so emphasized it so much, he said, feed my sheep because, Jesus followed, he said, when you're older, you're going to be put to death. Can you imagine Jesus telling you, hey, listen, a plan al gas. You know what I'm saying? Push the envelope because soon or eventually, or when you get older, you're going to die. When Jesus told Peter that, Peter wanted to know if his compadre John was also going to be martyred. And so he said, well, you know, Peter asked Jesus, well, what about him? To which Jesus answered Peter this statement. Everybody said out loud. Mind your own business. Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth, but we're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts. There's much more to learn from the life of the early church, so we hope you'll tune in again. If you're listening in the Española area right now, we would like to extend an invitation to you. 
Come join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study at 7 and Saturday evenings at 6.30. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think might benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Acts and discover more about the disciples and how the early church got started. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands and together we stand together.